Country-ish sounding fun, good times. Uh, so yeah, it's a joke workshop. People are gonna do four minute sets and then they get four minutes of commentary from a panel of their comedian peers. Uh, remember, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. So uh, be nice, say something nice, say something helpful, say something nice again. We have a bunch of comedians here for you guys. Uh, something that's really exciting is uh, Joke Workshop is now finally available on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. So um, we should exponentially grow the downloads. I was hovering around 5,000 a month for a long time, but that was without even using iTunes. So. Here we go, everybody. People are actually can have the opportunity to listen for real now. This is going to be fun. Thanks to uh, Timothy Pizza for doing that for me. All right. It's her birthday. She's not drunk yet. I can't believe it. Clap your hands like you've never clapped before for the birthday girl, Moon Show. Not drunk yet, but I really have to pee. Um... At what age is it uh, going to happen that you stop asking the internet sex questions? Does that ever? Um, am I still, can I still be a feminist if I swallow? Um, never. <laughs> I'm 31 now, um, and I think I swallow, but I'm not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> I was um, driving a friend's car the other day, and um, I parallel parked in the city. And as I got out, um, this guy complimented me on my parking job, uh, and fucking my vagina exploded. So now I'm vaginaless, but it was worth it. Is it cheating if your vagina explodes? Um, doesn't matter if it's cheating, because I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, my boyfriend dumped me, like, two months ago. It's been a while. Uh, but it's okay. It was never going to work. It was one of those relationships, like, where, like, oh, you say potato, I say go fuck yourself. Um, and he, uh, what else don't I like about him? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, for a lot, I mean, you know, I was like, oh man, why won't this man just love me forever? And the answer is because of who I am as a person, uh, which is fine. I've moved on. I have moved on. I'm seeing a new dude. New dude. New, darker dude. Uh, yeah. It's like, um, but I mean, it's like a little soon. I dated this other guy for like a year and like less, a little under two months later, I'm seeing a new dude. Um, and it's just like, I feel like, I don't know if the same thing happens to men, but I feel like when you have like back-to-back -back relationships, you get judged on, on, on doing that. But the judgment differs like by how old you are. So if you're like a teenager and you have back-to-back -back relationships, uh, that just means you're a slut. Um, not in a bad way, but you know, uh, and if you're in your twenties and you're back to back, that just means like, you don't know who you are as a person. You haven't figured it out yet. Uh, and then if you're in your thirties 
you go back to back. It's just, you're just lucky. You're lucky because you don't have to go through the bullshit of fucking dating in this stupid city. Um, and uh, I don't know. If you're in your 40s, you're probably going through a divorce. Uh, <laughs> um... I don't know. I am thankful. Like I, I, I am thankful that I didn't. I didn't have to like date around. Like f- you know, fucking be sad for a year um, to figure it out. Uh, this new guy came along. He's great uh, because dating's horrible. Dating is the worst. Anytime you go on a date with like a new person, it's just f- you have a fifty-fifty shot. It's either going to be the best or the worst. Um, that's just how. Is that how other people relate? To people? Is it just me? See, they're going to be like the best or the worst. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think, but I think I did the smart thing. I feel like because I haven't, like, I'm not married yet, which is great. And I feel like it's just like the older I get, like the darker the men get that I'm dating. And I think that's the right direction to go. I think like when you're, that's the, I think that's the only reason white men get to, get to like be with non-white women is because like women are in such a fucking rush to get married uh but if you just wait a little bit then you realize like oh no this man is evil (laughs) or something uh now i'm done thanks guys moon show unlikely man hater uh, all right. Uh, comments from the uh, all men in the audience. <laughs> I was I was just wondering, like, when you said your men are getting darker, did you mean like skin color or just more suicidal or? Oh, skin color. I oh. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be like anti-white jokes. Okay. I'm not quite sure. How to do that. You turned off your. I did. Oh, I did. Did I? I did. Uh, yeah. No, I meant like race. I, I think I speak for the room when I say we are really sorry to hear about your vagina exploding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you. It was a good set. I, I like your your pace, your demeanor, your the the whole thing. Aw, thank one you. I like the line when you said, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like, I like uh, that too. I thought of like a dumb little tag after that. Sure. And he did. Uh, and he is something like that, you know. Right, right, right. Or maybe like another person, like a yeah, like maybe yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I like how your uh, passion around the makeup. <laughs> so it's uh, oh, it's the first passion. time I've ever seen you ha- seen you have feelings. Uh, <laughs> anyone else? I, th- I thought it was cute how you don't. I thought that little line with the, that you don't know if you swallow or not. It was a little throwaway oh. line, but it was really cute. It was like. Because it threw me, it threw me off. Like, I'm like, what does that even mean? She doesn't know. Is I that do- even a joke? Like, am I still a feminist if I swallow? Yeah. yeah. That's a funny joke. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I was I- just going to actually mention the same thing. I think that if you could make some sort of audible, like, failure at trying to swallow or gasp, I think <laughs> it'd be a cute tag within itself. I don't, even know if I- I don't agree. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm as good of an actress enough to do that, but I'll try. The the, the little the little laugh is cute too. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, guys, this is the best birthday ever. Thank you. Moon show. She's 31. Isn't she precious? 
All right. You're 10 years younger than me. Oh, oh 1984. It was a good year, huh? Oh, oh, 85, really? Yeah, you're right. I suck at math. I'm turning 42 this year. I suck. Uh, all right, your next comedian is a super funny guy. I'm excited to see what he brings us this week. From the maker of the Garfield joke and Odie joke that you've loved in the past, now comes new material from John Gallagher. Back with uh, more more Garfield jokes. No, no, no. I, uh, I uh, haven't haven't perfected it yet. No, um, I uh, don't want to talk about that. I'd talk about uh, uh, Dwad going to Tijuana. So another comic went to Tijuana, and I can't like I said I'm t- like with the places that are known for being crazy. I already know that I have to be very careful of how I act because just regular crazy shit happens to me like normally. Like the the kind of like just acid trip kind of weird kind of shit that happens all the time. Like. Uh, a few days ago after Beta Breakers, like, just this old man came out of nowhere and he flipped out a knife and just said, like, took a stance on the street. He's like, I'm fixing to cut somebody. But he's wearing, like, a bright red bowler hat. And so at the same time, it's just like, well, this is a, let's see where this joke goes. Or, like, I wasn't sure he was actually going to stab anybody. But that was just normal. And the weirdest thing was that how everybody else reacted. Like, somebody somewhere called the cops. But then the cops show up and they're just really chill which is one of the better things about San Francisco, because they're like, oh, you mean old old man stabby? Yeah, of course. So everybody's got one, right? You're like, what? No, that's not a, a thing you should just react normally to. Just a man with a knife who just walks around. Those, don't, those aren't part of the ideal neighborhood. Uh, the other thing, too, is I'm in a big, we're talking about sex, a uh, big sexual slump, too. I'm going on, I think, three or four months. So I think at this point, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the entire guy's in the room is like, oh, boy. And so that's okay, because I'm homeless, so that's all good. Uh, but uh, at this point, I think it, next time I actually have sex, like, my sperm will just be half-formed people anyway, so it'll just be the worst. Just be like, eh, we tried on our own. It's like the worst science experiments. Half-children half just actually trying to crawl back into a vagina. Yeah, right? Which has to be, like, an evolutionary trait that you think might start happening at some point, right? Legs. Like, if dude, like, it's about all the feminist stuff is true. It's like, we don't need dudes anymore. Dude's like, well, we have to survive somehow. So dude, just start asexually reproducing. Come becomes worse. Like, I don't know. <laughs> come, come actually becomes even worse than it already is. It's like, oh my God. It's like I found a litter of Dave's puppies in this laundry basket. It's like, come on, man. You got to clean up your, clean up your socks. The first generation of children born entirely covered in athlete's foot. You know what I mean? That's fucking, that's fucking very gross. Um, yeah, the other, uh, <laughs> the other thing about uh, places that are, are weird normally with me is I, uh, I went to like comedy road stuff. Whenever you, I do gigs on the road, I feel like something always fucking stupid happens. Like I was in... This small weed town, and like outside of Fortuna, if you guys have ever been to Fortuna, it's kind of a shithole. And it's got like a weird pot community there. And these two guys are like crazy methed out and like squabbling with each other because they work together about something. And one of these guys, I'm just sitting at the bar, comes in after the show and he's like, yo, did you just see me piss on this fucking guy? I whip out my dick and start pissing on him. He didn't even throw a fucking punch, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And at this point... 
I want to laugh, but I'm like, this guy just, I just saw this guy whip out a rock of crystal meth this size, and he's just pissing on him. Like, I, he's just pissing on people. Like, that's hilarious, but I'm going to get stabbed. So, I stay quiet, and I stay inside where I think I don't get pissed on. I don't know. But the worst part was later, the guy that gets peed on, one of his friends, takes the other guy outside, and then pisses on him. So now I'm witnessing the Fortuna Piss Wars of 2016, the beginning. Because this is how people act, apparently. I didn't know <laughs> this is a thing that people did, ever. And like I said, you can't laugh. Crystal meth is in the room. The rules are different. <laughs> You're not sure what exactly is happening. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that's going to be pretty much it. Okay. Hey, Tales from Fortuna with John Gallagher. Uh, Moon Show is vacating. Everybody say happy birthday, Moon Show. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Moon Show. Get wasted. All right. Uh, don't get wasted. I don't know. I really loved what Roman Leo was saying earlier before we started about blackouts, but it has nothing to do with uh, the jokes right now. The very funny jokes that I enjoyed very much uh, from John Gallagher. Uh, yeah, John, good job. And then to address Pam's thing, uh, that was just telling facts about blackouts that I learned from science. <laughs> cool. um, but I, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what other like examples of crazy shit that happens to you in normal situations. Oh yeah, I got like so fucking many. <laughs> so, like, right? So that would be an obvious direction for that one. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And then the guy, the, 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 the act out of that character with the um, peeing on somebody was amazing. Oh, thanks. So I would just like to hear more about his life. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Yeah, I find really interesting the fact that you brought up that you're homeless, but you kind of skirted around that. <laughs> yeah. I think that people are going to be engaged in, you know, why you're homeless and how homeless are you? Because oh, we're yeah. a hacky crowd. Uh, but also, I was thinking maybe as a tag, you're talking about how you're homeless in your sperm. You can maybe make a riff about how you have homeless sperm that now instead oh, of good. looking for eggs, they look for tiny cans and they push. <laughs> oh, see, and that's, yeah, that's, a, that's actually a natural, yeah, it's a natural direction for that to go. That makes sense. Yeah, but other cool. that really good set lights your demeanor. Thanks, the, man. The, Appreciate it. The you're, puppy you look very stuff. Huggable too. The, the whole thing about the sperm becoming things, yeah. becoming half people, becoming puppies, that was all just spot on. And just, horrifying. Well, ridiculous. <laughs> it was just really funny because, I mean, I, the only thing I've ever heard anything similar to is like when Stephanie Silverman has a joke about the tumors that she grows or something oh, that there yeah, are the yeah, half-formed yeah. people but yours is funnier because they're like actually moving around and <laughs> like trying to climb back into vaginas I thought it was really great and oh, the puppy yeah. thing thanks man. yeah good sperm stuff I liked it okay uh, okay cool thanks guys yay oh, oh John Gallagher being funny with new stuff homeless sperm and stuff you don't live with the Sylvans do you is that what you mean by homeless no you're really homeless oh no Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, phew. I mean, you're not like on. You're not like living in a sleeping bag on Leavenworth or something. No, is my point. Okay, good. Like you just don't have. You just don't have a place like an adult. I see. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I understand it. I was. I was worried about him there for a second. I'm like, no. Can spend the night at your house on this? Oh, yeah, probably. 
I I used I spent the night at Sylvan back in the day when they used to run the uh, the the Holy City Zoo Part Two the uh, what was it called the Dirty Tricks, and I woke up once in a puddle of wetness that was not my own, and I'm like, did I really? Where did I fall asleep in? Is it vomit? Is it pee? And then I thought David Bory was dead, but he wasn't, because you could still hear him breathing loudly and scarily. I, I I'll never sleep. I'm an adult now. I'll never sleep there again. Uh, taking the 38 Geary runs all night. Your next comedian is a nice ginger man and a very funny guy. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Matthew Quirk. All right. It's great to be here in San Francisco where a housing boom is somehow causing homelessness. That's for you, buddy. Uh, All right. So I'm going to bring out an old set because I'm just going to refresh it. Uh, You know, there's all this presidential shit going on, right, with all the presidential campaigns. And I've been listening for something that's important to my people, but I'm just not going to hear it, I don't think, from the Democratic or the Republican presidential candidates. So I'm just going to say it here at Mutiny Radio. Ginger lives matter. Hashtag ginger lives matter. That's right. I'm talking about the other red meat. Yeah. I mean... When you look at, you know, I know there's a lot of hashtag lives matter out there, but most of that stuff is just like a struggle for acceptance. But the gingers, we're actually struggling for survival. I mean, take global warming. There was a a Facebook post about all the gingers meeting in uh, Dolores Park one Saturday. Do you know how sunny it gets in Dolores Park? They were trying to wipe us out in one clean sweep. Unfair. And now with all this genome studying that's going on, all my friends are sending me scientific articles about, you know, how many generations are left till all that's left of the gingers is just, you know, the highlights in some lucky chick's hair, and that's it. We're just genetically doomed. So I've got to stand up for my people, and I've got to take the G word back because I've been hearing you white people use that word just a little too liberally out there on the streets, and that's our word. You can't say it. And I don't want to hear this, oh, my cousin's a ginger, so I can say it. No, you can't. And I sure as hell don't want to hear, oh, I said ginger, not ginger, so it's cool. Man, that's enough to make a ginger snap. Bing. Uh, yeah. But don't worry, I have a solution to help preserve the gingers. And it's a solution you're not going to hear outside with those guys talking. And it's a solution you're not going to hear from the Democratic or Republican nominees for president. But I'm going to say it here anyway, even though it's a room full of dudes. And that is, please fuck a ginger. Tonight would be great. Usually there's a woman in the crowd. Thank you, Pam, for giggling. All right, how's my time? Usually I get a horn by now. Oh, two minutes. I better fill some time. Yeah. So I got to fill some time. I rushed through it. So I tell you, I was at some of this uh, beta breakers shit, you know, and I got to admit, I didn't mind gentrification so much when it was just brown people getting kicked out of the city. But now, now that all the cool ass white people are getting bumped out of the city and all the cool ass white shit is no fun anymore, you know, I'm starting to feel the, the pain. You know, I was at Beta Breakers, used to be this fun, creative event. Now, now B2B, they call it. What is that? Beer to breakfast, you know? 
Booze to barfing, right? Bathroom to bump up. Bro to bro job. Yeah, I know what happens there. All right, speaking of bathrooms, and as a political comic, I for one am proud that our judicial and legislative branches are now finally covering the issue of where trannies can go to the bathroom. I mean, have those people just been holding it this whole time? All right, San Francisco, that was my horn. Matthew Quirk! Uh, comments. How, how long have you lived here in the, in the San Francisco? Uh, San Francisco proper, just like nine or ten months. So I've been in the Bay Area for like 25 years. First of all, some very funny stuff. Thank you. Uh, a couple of loose suggestions to throw out there. You could even mention that Father Time is anti-ginger because he's making you gray. You know, he's trying to take away a little bit of ginger that you have essence. left. Yeah. yeah. So that's something you could work in. And also that when you're around a big group of gingers, you guys don't sell drugs. You sell sunblock. Just anything. <laughs> anything hand-to-hand to keep those freckles safe. Who's got the good stuff? He's got the good stuff. SPF Infinity. That's a sideways eight, baby. You know what's good. That's clever. The, the, the ginger snap line always makes me laugh. Yeah. Only I just love puns too. So, <laughs> puns. But, but I just, I just, I just think it's 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 well placed and it will always work. Yeah. Some people think it's cheap. I got a laugh then a like an ooh after it once. But I was like, hey. Well, fuck the comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, any yeah. any normal audience of real people yeah. will find that really cute and yeah. funny and and witty. Any anyone else more comments about um, about our ginger friends? Gingers. All right. Am I allowed to say that? Yay! I used to pretend that I was a ginger. I used to dye my hair red. You could probably go into that too, you know, all the fake gingers, like those fucking cunty bitches that dye their hair super red. I did that once. Oh, you did? Cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah, you should do that. Because it's true. I mean, I see people all the time that are clearly not redheads, and you can tell because of their, you know. And I, I would threaten to check the carpets and the drapes, but everyone shaves now, so there's no... Right, food. laminate flooring. It's hard to tell. Absolutely. All right, Matthew Quirk, yay! Your next comedian is going to roll on up on stage or just turn around whatever he wants to do. Really funny guy. Glad, always happy when he's here. And, uh, oh, nope, he's going to... He's, he's walking. He's doing it. It's a miracle! Just kidding. We know that Jackson's got it together. Uh, all right, everybody, put your hands together for Jackson McBrayer! Uh, what is up, Muni Radio? I, uh, I just got back from Hawaii, and uh, my arms are sore because I got sunburned. Uh, but Hawaii was cool. I, uh, I found out some things, like uh, I didn't know, but in Maui, if you want to have people dance at your bar, you have to pay for a special license and a special designated dancing area. You're not allowed to just dance anywhere. And I was like, what the fuck, is Maui Footloose? Like, is that what's happening here? Uh, The other thing is that I didn't get laid while I was in Hawaii, and I didn't get one of those necklaces made out of flowers either. So I was kind of pissed about that. Uh, I do think that feminists give the best head, and if you're offended by that, I think you're passively slut-shaming yourself. Uh... (laughs) I think that if I wasn't a cripple, I might be a horrible garbage person because I'm middle class, white, attractive, and really cripple is my only minority status. Like, without it, I'm just fucking normal, and that would suck. Like, 
don't know. Like I've, I feel like you know the only thing that makes me uh, relatable to people is that I'm not anything like you. Uh, uh, this is a uh, yeah new shit. Uh, but I, uh, I was thinking about it. Like um, my uh, my sister. I have two sisters. I have a sister who shares my same birth mom, and her and I have both decided. Uh, totally separately because we didn't live together for many many years like yeah we're not having kids which is the most subtle fuck you to our birth mom ever like no your lineage dies with us bitch <laughs> too dark okay <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny actually um let's see uh i think that people who are bad at sex invented monogamy I think that's how that happened, because uh, I don't think monogamy is like a good thing. I think that serial monogamy is just the shittiest form of polyamory. It's like, oh, I'm I'm bored fucking you. I'm gonna break up with you, break your heart, stop fucking you entirely, and uh, then just go find someone else. It's like if you had your favorite toy, and someone else wanted to play with it, and you're like, well, if you're playing with it, I'm not gonna play with it anymore. Uh, fucking stupid. I think monogamy is stupid. Uh, let's see. I think they should add a birth control to PBR, like male birth control, uh, so that we can add the slogan, a PBR a day keeps your abortion away. <laughs> my, uh, my real mom, the one who raised me, found a journal entry of mine when I was in middle school. And the journal entry said, I am sad because I know I was an accident. And my mom goes, Jackson, you don't know that for sure. It's like, mom, both of my birth parents are drug addicts who are now dead. Like, if I was a planned pregnancy, I'd get so pissed I would make a DeLorean time travel back in time and slap them in the face for being so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about. Slap them upside the face. It's Jackson McBrayer. Comments, 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 comments about his new material. Yeah, Jackson, interesting. I haven't heard about your mom who raised you before. She's different from your birth mom? Uh, yes. The, my real mom is the one who raised me. My birth mom is just the cunt who shipped me out of her vagina. Ah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got shit out of a vagina. Um, that's women, yeah. I think that's a, that like shit is something that women don't want in their vaginas. So I think you're you're saying that's why I left early. I was premature. That you're a piece of shit. I think when you yeah, say that. Yeah, horrible garbage person. <laughs> right. Uh, for your monogamy thing, I just saw something. You know, I like to put the me in monogamy. Okay, so for the garbage thing, I like interpreted that as you being like the person who picks up garbage. Is that? Oh. Is that was not? No, no. Just like a horrible person. Oh, no, okay. Oh. Well, I think you know maybe horrible. Like, like he's horrible. a garbage comma person. Ah. Uh, okay. Well, that's. I say. Yeah. I was gonna say that was some really good dark stuff you did. Made me think a lot. And the <laughs> line. <laughs> think about how good I have it. Uh, and the line that I was thinking about <laughs> was when you mentioned that you and your sister weren't going to have any kids. You yeah. kind of made it sound like maybe with each other. Uh. But you could mention that because you're crippled, maybe then they turn out like super great. Maybe it's like a whole opposite day situation. Could be some pretty crazy kinky shit. I realized it as I was saying it. It was like, oh, this sounds <laughs> like, oh, whatever. I'll just 
Just enough incest yeah. in there, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yes. All right, clap your hands together, Jackson McBrayer. All right, moving on through the joke workshop, your next comedian. Excited that he's here. It's a rare thing, so enjoy it. Put your hands together for Charlie Spink. <laughs> that was a brand new hip thrust. I wanted to workshop that right off the bat. So I saw the darndest thing today, you guys. I was in the city of uh, St. Jose, and while walking down the street, I crossed paths with a gentleman who had no arms. And I don't mean he was like a scrawny fail, he, you know, scrawny fella needed to pump up, Obama can't take these guns, arms. I mean, he had nothing attached to his shoulders. He was like a male version of the Venus de Milo. He was like the... <laughs> I have a penis de Milo was very much what he had going on. And I'm sure that when most people see a gentleman like this walking down the street, uh, they look at the glasses half empty. They go, oh, poor fella. Me? I'm an optimist. I saw that glass is half full of opportunity. Why? Because that gentleman was white. And I guarantee if that was an unarmed black man, uh, cops would have shot him before he got halfway down that block. They are so good at that, you guys. <laughs> they are the best at, at murder. <laughs> so uh, all the bathroom talk, that's a thing. Lots of comedians are mentioned on stage. And me, I'm old school. I'm elderly Escuela. That's what we'd say in Espanol. I miss the good old days when a unisex bathroom meant that that was a bathroom where unicorns had sex. Yeah. Some of you guys are looking at me worried. Don't knock it till you try it, you guys. Unicorn sex, it's, it's magical. Hell, it's downright mythological. <laughs> Killing it. So in a celebrity sex scandal news, I don't know if you guys heard this, children's television superstar Thomas the Tank Engine came out as being a homosexual. <laughs> he really did. No, he, he came out of the tunnel. And yet, reports have indicated that he likes it in the caboose. <laughs> yes. Yes, where a man goes poot poot is what makes him toot toot. Am I right? I just ran a train on that joke. That went pretty well. I like that. Uh, also in uh, news, in factual news, and shit that really happened that I read on Facebook, which means maybe it did happen. Uh, today, the female founder of the Vegans Can Do Anything campaign died while climbing Mount Everest. Thank you. Pam's applauding and standing. That's a standing ovation for vegan death. I love it. But Pam, I'm going to disagree with your applause on this one because I think that her actions proved her points that even vegans can die while climbing, climbing Mount Everest, you know? Yes, they can. Mission accomplished. Once again, used to describe utter failure. <laughs> what else do I love? Uh, serial monogamy. That was brought up by Jackson. And uh, I, I have to disagree with you there because not only because I'm married, I am a serial monogamist, you guys. I only fuck with Simon Tells Crunch. <laughs> there it is. 
Only man in open mic with a laugh track. Thank you, Leo. Roman Leo, everybody. <laughs> and uh, what should I leave you guys with? Um, uh, I'll leave you guys with a couple of one-liners. You guys might not be able to talk about looking at me, but ethnically speaking, I am half Irish and half English, which means that I'm basically a one-man potato famine. Half of me is always trying to hide starches from the other half of me. And if you look at my belly, you can tell that my finding half is much better than my hiding half. It's not even close. But I'll leave you guys with this. You know what really gets my goat? You know what really takes my goat away from me, you guys? Is bodies of water. They're just a little too sassy for my taste. So I was in the Midwest, around the Great Lakes, and there's one of those lakes that is just really full of itself. I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about, Lake Superior. Okay, let's face it, every other lake just has something describing what's near and dear to them. Lake Michigan, I get it, you're an Eminem fan. I saw Eight Mile in Eighth Grade, I can dig it. Lake Erie, you like horror movies, whatever. But Lake Superior, you're already a great lake. You need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Bitch, you ain't no ocean. It's gonna be my new catchphrase, you guys. Bitch, you ain't no ocean. On t-shirts, bumper stickers, and tramp stamps near you. You guys have been beautiful. I've been Charlie Spink. Thank you. All right, Charlie Spink, yay! You always make me laugh with your punny, punny things. Comments from the Pink Critiques. Gallery. I, I love, I, I always love what you do, so I don't really have anything to say other than I was laughing and really enjoying it. The, the Great Lakes one was not my favorite one, but all the other ones I, I was on board with. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the Great Lakes one's too watered down. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a fucking lake joke! The the, uh, the Thomas the Train one was fucking brilliant and um, it's great because I, I I hang out with a two and a half year old so I, I pay a lot of attention to Thomas the Tank Engine and it's absolutely he's a total fag <laughs> like out of all the trains definitely Thomas toot toot yeah. I, I, that's a really stellar joke I know, and obviously you have kids so that's cute you can and you can you can say that if you want but you didn't even have to I mean but. Otherwise, people might be like, what's this guy talking about Thomas the Train for? Is he a pedophile? Like, what's he doing with the... Like, what, he's luring kids into his car with train talk? Uh, is there... <laughs> Arjun, did you have something to say? In the microphone? Did you want to say something into a microphone? It wasn't much, like, constructive. I just thought it was, yeah, really good. And the, yeah, I mean, going off the pedophile thing, I mean, calling Thomas the Tank Engine gay and then, like, encouraging kids to be like Thomas the Tank Engine, there's something... Pedophi- pedophilia yeah. there, if, if we're going in that direction. I mean, I don't know if you want to, obviously. Cause oh, no, I love to. In fact, my favorite joke that Pam loves that I tell is a joke about pedophiles. And I'm, I'm not above pedophilia jokes okay. or below them. So the, uh, the Lake Superior tramp stamp, I don't know, something about girls getting wet. That's all. Oh, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Something about, like, maybe it tastes too salty to be freshwater up in this bitch. Oh, wow. Something urban, something very Def Jam. I could work in there. I like that uh, mission accomplished tag. They're very funny. The uh, abject failure, everything mission accomplished, that little boom. Like, I just like that little tag there. 
Beautiful. Thank you very much. And fuck vegans, seriously. That's why I was. I thought that I was would, really but they'd great. run out of energy. They right, no, exactly. That's why. How dare she think she can climb climb Mount Everest without eating real food, little cunty vegan? Um, I really liked your uh, lake jokes, but they just felt in our current climate uh, they kind of came off a little dry. <laughs> I just wanted to join in. I couldn't help it. <laughs> All right, clap your hands wildly for Charlie Spank. Spinkity spunk, get out the gunk. Your next uh, comedian is a funny guy. Uh, he takes great pictures here at Mutiny Radio. He's sort of our resident photographer right now. You can see his newest photo shoot on our Mutiny Radio Facebook page. Put your hands together, everybody. It's George Davis. Hello, everybody. Uh, as you might tell, I'm very boring. <laughs> We're boring shit. I'm so boring, I used to love Mr. Ed. Uh, it's dedicated to Alan Young this month. By the way, also English, half English, half Irish. Oh, Alan Young, and uh, on dedication to him, I just throw him a little tune, in case anybody remembers just how old I am. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to sit in front of the television uh, and turn that fucking dial, and uh, I used to hear, uh, horse is a horse, of course, of course, and nobody loves a horse, of or no one can talk to a horse, of course, but uh, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. <laughs> and I just used to love that fucking show. It's the weirdest thing because he would, um, he would be talking to his, uh, talking to his little horse, right? And he would make the funniest, stupidest little comebacks, right? He'd be like, I always wanted a horse since I was a pony. Or I always wanted a horse since I was like a child. Like I always wanted a pony since I was a kid. And the pony would say to him, or the horse, Mr. Ed, I'm so dumb today, uh, was he would say, oh yeah, uh, well, I ain't a pony no more, motherfucker. And it was legit, because it was like these weird little taglines that the horse would say to a man while they would sit together. Now, I could go into Mr. Hand material, and I don't want to. So I'm just going to go and say, all right, so like after Mr. Ed would come off and like, you know, Green Acres would come on, I'd turn it off, and i go step outside my little trailer house, because I'm so fucking boring, and all I do is just stand there. And I look outside. And look at the fucking dusty little roll, and I'd look over there, and I'd see my buddy David, I'd wave, and I'd just go back in the house and turn on fucking television, and as soon as more boring crap came on, I'd see more mash. I'd turn, I'd hit the fucking button on the television before the helicopter, uh, helicopter fan started whirling, like, oh, 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 mash, do-do-do, click, because <laughs> I hate that shit, and uh, it was, it what, 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 oh, yeah, that's it. The whole reason why I brought up that dumb song was because it was like one of my earliest instances of earworms. Like those fucking songs that get stuck in your head forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Everybody gets them, everybody hates them. Like I know I hated them. And then I was thinking, well, what was my first fucking earworm? You know, cause like, you know, was it by men? And that didn't count because it's only two fucking notes. But it was, oh, I get it. It was John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And I hate that fucking song, right? <laughs> like, because, like, it, it was the weird, it was, but I used to like it kind of because it was a fun game. But then I was like, I can still remember John Jingleheimer Schmidt. John I, Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name, too. Whenever we go out, the people always shout, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Da, 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 da. John, 
then you just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat like the song from the apple. It's the most boring. I'm out of breath. I smoke too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can barely, I cannot even, I can't sing and talk at the same time, I found out. So I got to do some more walking. That's all it comes down to. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, um, earworm. So it just makes me think it's all mental house music. When I hear that shit, it just makes me think of something that would be like in a small, slight piano in the background of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like you'd hear somebody who's just boom, 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 boom. And you're like, what the fuck is going on around here? Like it's like it's worse than elevator music. It's worse than anything. And uh, oh yeah, and uh, that's it. I don't really feel like talking about anything else. I'm too tired today. Want to sing along? Dedicated to Alan Young. Yeah, George. George Davis. Yes, very nice. There's nothing to critique because there were no jokes. No, you were. I was super funny. I totally, completely disagree with you. But go ahead, Ian. Ernest, Charlie, you guys got things to say? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would just say, like, you have really interesting stuff. Like, I like hearing your point of view, and you have, like, you're good at getting people's attention just because what you're talking about. Um, so you just need more focus, really, because at certain points, you just kind of lose almost, it seems like you're losing your own train of thought, and then, like, it's just, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. But it's, yeah, 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 like, you have good rhythm and stuff, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I always want to know where it's going. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll work harder. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I really like the energy that we ended up bringing communally with uh, the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, or as I call it, the JJJJJS. That's what these kids who abbreviate call it. Um, what I always think would be really cool uh, when you're mentioning Mr. Ed, you kind of play up the, the racial angle because you're African-American descent, that you maybe like Mr. Ed because with no black men on TV, he was the only one who could imagine having a dick anything like yours. Oh, as that's far as size go. Because between him and Sammy Davis Jr., we know Sammy Davis Jr. wasn't packing. And that was your the only black competition at the time. I disagree. Ways. He was a Jew. Jews are usually thick, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think he might have had a little... Uh, a little something That's going not, on, but, but the, the one eye that didn't work. But the he lanky. had two one-eyed monsters, Sammy Davis uh, yeah, Jr. Absolutely. That's two Jewish one-eyed monsters. That's a Hitler nightmare right there. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm a ghost train. Well, he did specials on TV with Rabbit. Yeah. Oh, there it is. So this one time, uh, I directed a play, and uh, in the background of the play, I just played the girl from Ipanema over and over and over. So it was like dun 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 it's I'm tagging off of your joke. But anyways it made me think of that like the same John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt playing over and over in a room would be hell. I think that would be like Jean Paul Sartre's no exit, like you can't get away from it ever. Anyways, I enjoyed that joke very much. Your next comedian he is a nice young man who says funny things. I finally know how to pronounce his last name. Put your hands together for Arjun Banerjee. All right, yeah. The comments took a bit of an odd turn right there. Uh, but yeah, I'd recommend going ahead with that. Uh, so if you guys ever heard the very famous Beatles song, Can't Buy Me Love, which central, which central point is that money cannot be used to acquire love, Guys, want to know? Do you guys know what one of the first lines of the verses is? It's "I'll give you all I got to give 
if you say you love me so, I'm pretty sure exchanging all your material wealth for love constitutes buying love. Uh, I definitely think the song definitely suffers from some cognitive dissonance. Probably should have done less drugs. I don't know. Okay, let's see if that tag works. Okay, we're moving on now. So my stepmom, uh, my da- my my dad remarried. A st- I had a stepmom, and uh, you know she walked out on me uh, when I was 14. But I was kind of okay with it. Like she would do some stuff that I just didn't agree with. Like uh, one time we were playing Trivial Pursuit, and I was 10 and she was like 40, and I knew something she didn't. Uh, so she quit. And the fucked up thing is we were on the same team. Uh, So I was helping her. No, but she was actually, it turns out, I didn't know this at the time, but it turns out she was an alcoholic. But I was under the impression that it was just normal for for adults to have like a headache every other day. And that like half a bottle, I don't even like a bottle of wine was just something you could easily go through. Um, but no, it turns out she, uh, she drank a lot, but she was actually born and raised in San Francisco. She like went to Cal and then she moved immediately back into San Francisco. Uh, so when she walked out on me, she was like, I'm going to the organic weed dispensary to grab a vape pen and then never showed up again because San Francisco cigarettes is that joke. Oh shit. Uh, guys ever notice how in porn, if They'll only mention the race if the guy isn't white. Yeah, that's upsetting to me. I don't really have a, like, okay, because, you know, I used usually, like, I imagine myself as the person having sex, so most porn to me is interracial porn. Uh, Because they're always white or Asian, Latina, or black. There are very few Indians in porn, and I'm, I'm glad there aren't because I know they would, every single time they would show up, it would be to fix a computer. Even if there wasn't a computer in the scene. Like, it's an outdoor scene. Like, I'm here to fix your computer. It's in the past, like an 1800s for some reason. D- doesn't matter. Maybe they'd be like, wrong Indians. I don't know. I do not know. Um, I like fusion food because I really like Panda Express. Uh, I, I don't, okay. Alrighty then, I didn't know where that was going. I, I wrote that down, I think I had a different thought. Oh, you know what it is? Panda Express is like fusion between Chinese and American. You know what, I'll develop that later, but that's why this is joke, work, shop. Speaking of fusion food, you can't just put Indian food into a, me- a tortilla and call it Mexican fusion. Uh, you know, uh, because like I don't, like when I put in a, like Doritos and Flaming Hot Cheetos into tortilla, I don't call it stoner Mexican fusion. It just means I've run out of food. Um, okay, and this is the last one. So, in general, things have been getting better, actually. If you look at, like, crime rates are going down, general world wealth is going up, poverty is decreasing in America, but at the same rate, sui- at the same time, suicide rates are actually increasing. And maybe it's just be- <laughs> And maybe it's just because all the shitty people are killing themselves. Okay. That hasn't worked, so I was just trying that. Okay, I'm done. Yay! The fusion jokes of Arjun Banerjee. People in a peanut gallery. What do when you were talking fusion and talking Panda Express, I personally don't like Panda Express much. It gives me a bellyache. 
And I thought you were going to say something like they use nuclear fusion to, you know, make that stuff, you know, to bring the food together or heat it or something. Yeah. I thought, I, I didn't get, I thought I didn't, that's where you're going. I didn't get a take on whether you liked Panda Express or didn't, and I think that you should take a strong stance in either direction. Like that it's either like... Bad Express, or, or you know, because it is, it is kind of, it is kind of gross. Yeah. I think you yeah. should Panda Express how you feel about it, right, <laughs> right, Pam? Panda yeah. Express yourself, as Madonna would yeah. say. Yeah. Come on, I don't want to pander. Oh, he's oh, pandering. Pandering. Oh. 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 He just, he literally fired. looked yeah. away in disgust when I said that. I'm proud of myself. I love puns. People That's who don't love puns are assholes. If you don't like puns, it means that you have no soul and you don't understand humor at all. Hey, so good set, some good solid stuff. Uh, I was thinking as a tag when you talked about things that your stepmom did that you didn't agree with, you could suddenly throw in a like, yeah, and fuck my dad. Like you could mention ah, that, that you, you probably wouldn't do that. You probably wouldn't fuck your dad. Um, but then if you have a mostly Indian crowd, and I know an absurd amount about Bollywood movies for a white man. <laughs> you could throw in some interesting porn names. Like everybody here, I'm sure, knows that the king of Bollywood, Shahrukh Khan. He's oh, been I in know, every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you could go like Shahrukh Dong. Like yeah. you could go with how he's the, the king of Bollywood Dongs. Or uh, Ashwara Rai could be Ashwara Ra. Like there's, if you could find anybody who knew these stars, you would laugh intensely about what I just said. Uh, you could work with that idea. Okay. You could do a little dance move too. That wouldn't hurt. Yeah, do the anything. do the screw the ever, light bulb if you move. Ever get, can you can do yeah. the hands? If you could do half of your set on a mountaintop, <laughs> and then the other half is your set with like a girl who disappears, that would yeah. be that would be effective. And just start singing for no reason. Yeah. With, with the Indian porn, I thought you were gonna dig deeper into that and be like, you know, it was you know, like it's an arranged porn shoot, and you know, stuff like that. Ah! Uh, just more Indian stuff. That's funny. Actually, that's cool too. So for the porn thing, you could bring up. <laughs> sorry, I just. I, <laughs> I was just gonna say that you could bring up how in Indian porn it is arranged, and you could just talk about your dad being like, you know, you really should try the anal with this one. Like, I think that that would be a really fun concept to play with. Parents arranging how you have dirty, dirty sex on film. Yeah. I, I think if I was gonna say uh, like make a really bad joke to, and humiliate myself, I would say that. Panda Express was like a clothing store for pandas. All right, everybody. No, stay up there. Stay up there. Yeah, I was just. I always like hearing your stuff. Like, I think you have a good point of view and stuff. But I. And now I'm going to tear you down. No. No. But I think you could. I would like a little bit more detail, particularly with the personal stuff. Just when you say, like, um, the bit about, um, like, oh, I just thought, you know, someone could drink half a bottle of wine, you know, was a normal thing. You could, I don't know exactly what, but it could use some embellishment just to be, like, half a bottle of wine and eats only saltines or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what alcoholics do, but does that make sense? Like, just because those are really good premises, but I feel like they could hit harder if they were just a bit more... I don't know, a bit something more to them. Just some specific. Yeah, 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 just more okay. specifics. But that's, yeah. Also, do an Indian accent. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Who's your real voice? Yeah. <laughs> Clap your hands together, everybody. It's Arjun Banerjee, yay! There's nothing wrong with using an Indian accent. I think it, that's funny. Is it is it too hack for you? Is that so hacky? Well, I mean, it's, come on, use, do an Indian accent. Yeah. 
I wish I had. I wish I had some weird accent to do. Uh, your next comedian doesn't have a weird accent at all. What did you have to say, Roman? I was going to say, there's got to be some off-brand uh, Indian accents, maybe, that uh, you would know about, that since you have yeah, your, your cultural heritage. Just, that, that, your whole, right? Like, yeah, my family talks differently than they do in America. You should do a whole set. They're not subtitled American accent. Oh, it's weird. I don't understand what they're saying. All right, that was Arjun Banerjee. Next comedian. He has a kind of an accent, but not really, too. But I'm sure he could, or he's going to make choices. We're going to see what happens. We haven't seen him in a while. Uh, excited about his, his about his blackout adventures in TJ. Those were fun to listen to. Uh, he's not afraid of Mexico. Put your hands together. It's Duat Mai. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I don't have any. I don't have any jokes about my uh, my blackout times in Tijuana. So I'm not going to tell them. Right. If you want to know about them, just you know, buy me a beer. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you outside, and then you know we'll drink, and I'll tell you all about it. And how I, how I almost lost my virginity. Oh. <laughs> almost. Um, I'm still here, Pam. I'm still here. Uh, if you sleep with me, you're gonna go to heaven. I heard, but uh, you're gonna go, go straight to heaven onto a cloud. Anyways, hey, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I live in my car. I live in my car. You know, I live in my car. Yes, it's cool. It's all right. It's not that bad, you know. You know, I want a van though. I want a van. Yeah, I want to invite friends over. You know, like you know, maybe for my birthday. You know, hang out, invite some friends over. A couple of them. What are we gonna do? Listen to the radio. <laughs> I heard there's many stations. I get all of them, so don't worry. I don't have to pay for anything. Anyways, hey, I was at a, a, a coffee shop today, and I was, uh, saw this old lady, and she was walking with a cane. And I, I thought, you know what? If I was old and I needed a cane, I would get a cane in the shape of a leg. <laughs> you know? Like a hairy leg just walking around town. One that bends at the knees and the ankles. You're not like a real one. You know, you got to kind of whip it. You got to whip it so it goes straight, you know? And, and uh, what I would hold on to is, you know, the leg would be cut at the thigh and the bone would come out and I'll hold on to the bone <laughs> and that would be cool, you know. And then whenever I want a different leg, I'll just put a stocking on it. Um, anyways, hey, I was, you know how they say 18th century, but they really mean 1700, you know? I think they should just start saying 1700, right? Because every time it says 18th century, I go, oh, 18 minus 1 equals 17. They're talking about the 17th century, 1700s, you know? Because I, I, I'm tired of fucking doing math when I'm reading history. That's, that's no good. No math during history. Okay. I want my subject separated. Se- separated. Hey, what's your guys' favorite color? Anybody? Blue. Blue. Orange. Orange. Green. You know what mine is? Diarrhea. Yes. <laughs> it's better. It's better than vomit. It's better than vomit. Man. Hey, I'm all. Hey, I think I think brown is better than green, right? Because because without soil there would be no plants, and we would all starve, and there would be no diarrhea. <laughs> so, uh, yes, the callback and the same joke. It's. It's a roundabout. It's a roundabout. I did a roundabout. I turned around without turning around. 
around about eight. This is, this is an impression of me before 1492. All right, this is, I'll be like, hey man, the sun is round, man. Hey, the moon is round, man. Hey, you think the earth could be round too? It could be round, but it could be like a disc and it's flat, so it could also be flat. You're right, you're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Uh, so I saw, uh, I was walking by a massage parlor with my friend, and I go, hey, a hooker lives in there, so don't throw bricks in there. Uh, that was a dumb one. That was a dumb one. I don't have any more new ones. Um, let's see. I might have one more. And then, oh, I don't blame McDonald's for people being fat. Charlie, I don't blame McDonald's. Don't worry. <laughs> no, you're all right. I blame clothes. Right? Because without clothes, you would be shamed and you would lose weight. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Charlie. I'll buy you a beer. I'll tell you my Tijuana story for free. Don't worry. Anyways, uh, that, that's my time. Thank you very much. Pam, you're great. The very, very, very funny Dwadmai. Hey, great stuff. Uh, really very funny, basically all of it. Although on a side note, I think whether uh, diarrhea is better than vomit is a, a debate worthy of its own, you know, hour. I thought it was fun earlier in the car when you were telling me uh, that uh, I had to check out New York City, and then you told me how awesome it is to perform for just comedians. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know them, so they were like, they were, they were like uh, audiences. Much like this whole evening so far, I have nothing really constructive to say. <laughs> so let's say, it's kick ass, man. It was really funny stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good time. Yay! Funny man, Dwight Mai. All right. Your next comedian is also very, very, very funny, and we enjoy it every time he's here. Last week, we kind of screwed him because my, my little friend was here, Sabine. But uh, tonight, we're going to... Um, no, Sabine's right. a lot of fun. She was, she, yeah. Is that a... Is that a um, what kind of crazy animal is on your shirt? Uh, it's, a, it's a lion. Oh, okay. Oh, Van Halen, very nice. Yeah. I was Put your hands together for the very funny Roman Leo. Engage hands, you guys. Thanks so much for the kind comments, Pam. Uh, yeah, I was in L.A. doing stand-up, and I'm buying a, a, a bunch of T-shirts with skulls on them off Melrose. And the guy noticed, and he was like, hey, I got something. And then he went in the back, and he was like, he pulled this thing out, and it was Van Halen, you know? So... It's just a fucking, it's just true life, man. <laughs> so that helps. Like you can't, you can't hear any of the laughs on this show because the audience isn't mic. So I'm just gonna laugh at my own jokes. Uh, I took, I took the last Ambien from my divorce last night. It was bittersweet. <laughs> um. See, so yeah, actually, I'm just doing an impression of Arjun. Uh, it's <laughs> my urgent impression. Uh, you guys, yeah. Uh, fuck. Man, I got a job at a... I thought it was going to be humiliating because um, I got a job at a mattress store recently. Uh, but, uh, you know, and challenging because I'm a bedwetter. But um, 
Um, see? Yeah, we can all make those horrible, horrible jokes. Um, good God, that was a bad joke, you guys. I hate myself now. I have, uh, I have, I have, I'm a girlfriend. Uh, she's very supportive. Uh, yeah, once she, she said she wished she made enough money so I could do stand-up comedy full-time. And I was like, oh, I love you, baby, but please understand I would only do it part-time. Uh, she's very supportive. I think she has a mediocre fetish. And uh, I'm just like, wow, I've really fooled her because, you know, I'm a loser and she's dating below her already low standards, you know, like, like people, some people want to get in on the ground floor with you. And I'm just like, I got ground floor for days, baby. You know, I I sleep with a pillow filled with dust from ground zero, you know, like uh, (laughs) my whole life has been a series of lateral moves, you know, show me the end zone. I'm blind, you know, like, uh, Right? You hear those, you want to, like, you know, looking forward to something in the future? You hear those pitter-patter, patter little feet? Those are squirrel feet. I live in a tree. Anyway, um, (laughs) right? Yeah. Man, it makes you, like, some of my heroes live in their Priuses, and uh, uh, (laughs) women do not like to hear about that every week, you know, just in random conversation. They find it really depressing. It's weird. Um... When I was younger, I used to play with fire a lot. And, uh, you know, we, we all do, right? Do kids still play with fire these days? I don't know. Or they just have, like, an app for fire, right? I don't know. Like, we would just take lighter fluid and, like, light tennis balls on fire and just kick them down the street. Just be, like, you know, kicking tennis balls down the street or, like, dump some gasoline on a rock in a river and set it on fire, you know? Or this one time, uh, this one time... My my friend Jimmy Kenish, he stole a gun from his girlfriend's dad, like the house or whatever. And we tried to shoot it, but it was like the dad had like taken the firing pin out of the gun. So we were like, fuck, uh, you know, what are we going to do with this? And so Jimmy Kenish was like, hey, let's take these bullets and throw. He's a really cool guy. Like, uh, you know, I was like kind of a nerd in high school. But he's like, let's take these bullets and throw them into a fire. And so we did. And... Uh, <laughs> And that's when I learned, like, sometimes he's a cool guy. is just, like, he's insane, you know? Like, like insane is cool. <laughs> but we lay down, and uh, none of them, none of them ex- you know, exploded, it, it initiated launch or anything. There was no, you know, maybe we didn't count down from 10. I don't know. Uh, I learned something recently because I talked to a lot of homeless people around San Francisco, and uh, real, uh, real, real drug addicts pronounce it meff. Like no no teeth. Um, <laughs> this girl sneezed on me the other day, and I was like, "God bless you," and then she did it like three more times, and I was like, "God damn, you are really desperate for approval, right?" Like, and it was wet, so I was like, "Next time you sneeze on me four times, apologize, bitch." You know, but God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um, someday I went to Europe once and then you come back and it's really obvious. I like through, flew through DC or Indiana or someplace and you just come back and everybody's noticeably heavier and, uh, or you'll be in a restaurant in Indiana and people are just like praying before they eat. And it's like, I like praying, like, I'm so fat. I hope this food doesn't kill me. You know, like (laughs) it's just weird. Um, 
But fuck, I have a face. People say I'm intimidating, you know, because they'll be like, they'll look at me and they'll be like, Roman, do you look confused? And I'm like, no, I'm just relaxed. Like, right? My affect doesn't match what I'm thinking sometimes. And so I feel like, it's like, what's my face owe you anyway? Like, if you think my face says fuck you, then, you know, I don't have to buy a t-shirt that said I ain't got nothing for you, you know, or whatever. I don't have it or whatever most people do. So I think it's a benefit to have like a, 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 a bit arresting bitch face. And, uh, or you could have one of those faces like Dua, where it's just like it's smiley and friendly, friendly and everybody likes you, but like either one. Um, <laughs> right? And then Moon was here and that was the most fun part of the show because they have a woman in the room. But like um, she said she was, she's having trouble making decisions, you know, spit or swallow. And I was like, yeah, I, like that's got to get tiring to walk around with cum in your mouth for half an hour. <laughs> but I, I did notice the, the familiar smell when she opened her mouth. So that was, that made a lot of sense. It's fun. It's fun. You like, can drive people places like from, like from the brainwash to here. Like, you know, like, I, and then you can just leave them. Right. And, and, you, and then your friend will call you up and you could be like, he'll be like, well, why do you just leave me a, a fucking mutiny radio, man? And I'll be like, oh, I went to get some pussy. And I could just be totally lying, but he has to believe me and be like, oh, that's acceptable, you know? So it's just like, just tell me you went to get some pussy, you guys. <laughs> Sorry if I'm, I'm, uh, it was too much. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm done, so Pam. Roman Leo! His dad went out to get some pussy and never came back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Leo comments, funny stuff. I let him go on. You went. You almost did seven minutes, but thank you. Time. Just because we knew that you're so great, what are we gonna say? I was the headlining, so yeah. It was it was very funny stuff. However, your lie has to be believable if you're going to get pussy. You, mm. know, you have to. You might want to. You know. You go. Oh, like like what kind of pussy? Like I'm getting like. No, I guess I was saying that no one's believing that you're getting a sweet hookup, is what I was saying. Oh. Maybe you were going to get meth or going to get... Okay. Also, murder. good point. I could just be saying although, I went to get some it, meth it, it and they would also... Would they, you think they'd believe, be more believable? Yes. Like, if I, like if I was going to leave the room and everybody just was like, think, like, what's Roman going to do right now? It would be pussy would meth, or is there like another option? Anybody think of another bounce one? Bounce unannounced, yeah. Anybody? Yeah, you you have to go run a um, a Hell's Angel chapter meeting or something. <laughs> you got like yeah, you're that's like, good. Yeah, you're that's good. I like that. Yeah, your sponsor or something. No, he doesn't look like an alcoholic. He doesn't look like the type of guy that he looks like. He looks like a, a like he's a nice he's a nice guy who would kick your ass. Like he's a Hell's Angel. He's like a nice. He's gonna run drugs, but not people do love them. the Hell's Angels. Yeah, motorcycle gang. There's a show about it called Sons of Anarchy. I was an extra on the show, so. Were you really? He lies. No. Okay, good. <laughs> but you all believe me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Like, See, that was believable. Oh, yay! And then yay! All right, guys, put your hands together for your last comedian of the night. Here he is, your headliner, Ian Levy! Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. I was just thinking, you, you were talking about Mr. Ed earlier. Um, and is it weird, like Mr. Ed, we all, we all know what Mr. Ed looks like, right? He's famous for his lips moving. Like, that's what makes 
Mr. Ed famous. And is it weird that something uh, that was famous for the way it moved would eventually be turned to glue? Like, is that... That's, that's, that's a horse-murdering joke. Because <laughs> that's what happened. I read Animal Farm. Um, so I got... Okay, so I have some old jokes I, I need to practice, but I also have a new joke that spoils what happened in the last episode of Game of Thrones. So we can decide... Has, is, is everyone ca- does anyone Does anyone care? No? No, no. <laughs> Did you, you, wait, you said no? I know what to do whatever you want. No, no, no. I, 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 I care too much about spoilers, man. Too much, too much shit is ruined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Pam, because seven. Because at the age, at the age. You know, you know, you know, I'm not going to spoil it because at the age of 10, someone explained the ending of Seven to me, and then I didn't know what movie it was, and like five years later, I was watching Seven, and it got to the end, I was like, ah, fuck it, because it was ruined, so it was like, no, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, here are the old jokes, okay. <laughs> um, um. Okay, 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 okay. So my old jokes. Um, okay, no, we'll, we'll just take it from the top. We'll just take it from the top. We'll just take it from the top. Who here is familiar with the expression? Uh, I, uh, who let the cat out of the bag? Is anyone? Is everyone? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who let the? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, I am excellent at not letting the cat out of the bag, and that's precisely why I have a lifetime ban from the SPCA. That's that's <laughs> that's okay. That's that's kind of a shitty joke. I don't. I, I like telling jokes. That's, that's it, that that joke's made up. That's a lie. I've never <laughs> murdered a cat by putting it back. I like telling. I like I like telling the truth. I like you know the truth is important to me, and I I, I work in the food industry, so I don't get to tell the truth often. You know, <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough thing because whenever anyone comes into the food, you know, like I work at a cafe, and whenever anyone comes in and they say, "How's your day going?" I just have to say like, "Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you?" But all I really want is to just tell the truth, you know? I just want once someone coming and go, how's your day going? And I, I, I could just say, um, well, you know, to be honest, uh, things, aren't, things aren't going so great. I'm actually really hungover right now. Uh, I was up late last night drinking uh, because I, I found out my, uh, my, my ex-lover, the woman I'm still in love with, uh, recently got in, engaged. And this is, this is the same woman who only left me because of my dependency on alcohol. <laughs> I've never felt more alone than I do right now, and I wake up every morning wondering when I'll finally have the courage to end my own life. <laughs> Was that a soy chai latte? You had a soy chai? What soy chai latte coming up? <laughs> uh. Yeah, you know the um, one of the worst uh, one of the worst thoughts I ever had. I didn't actually say this because I'm not a monster, but uh, one of the worst thoughts I ever had at, at work. I was just working at the cafe, and uh, a woman came in, and I was the one who started. I said, uh, "Hey, how's your day going?" And um, she said, "Like, um, oh, I'm going into the park uh, to meet up with my friend." And I said, "Oh, that sounds nice." And she said, um, "It's actually it's actually a, a sad occasion." Because I'm meeting up with my friend who was five months pregnant and she lost the baby, so we're gonna we're gonna get some food, we're gonna get some brunch, uh, and then we're going to um, you know have a little ceremony and just kind of kind of be together. And in my mind, my mind, I thought like, well, at least she can drink again. So you know, which is the worst thought I've ever had. I think you know, 
I, I think yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. But you know, she's got she's got nothing to lose. All right, I'll tell you the worst the worst thing I ever did say, and I, I really did did say this to uh, these two uh, kind of elderly, stereotypical liberal San Francisco women came in. Uh, to the cafe, and they were arguing about, uh, one of them was saying that you shouldn't vaccinate your children, right? One of them was strongly against vaccinations. And I knew I should have just minded my own business and shut up, but uh, but I said, like, you know, I'm going to speak up for what I believe in. So I, I said to her, um, personally, I believe uh, you should vaccinate your children. And she, to make her argument, said, uh, do you have any children? And I said, no, but I also don't have polio. <laughs> Which she did not appreciate at all. I mean, I thought it would be like you know a, a, a mic drop moment like oh shit you know I thought it would be like public enemy style a man jumps out of nowhere with an oversized clock around his chest be like oh shit you better shut the fuck up y'all pulling over it bitch like but no it was just quiet and weird and they they did not like me at all <laughs> okay um uh, I'm, I'll tell one, you know, comedy means a lot to me. I'll tell one last story. Comedy means a lot to me. Um, my, uh, so I, I like telling jokes, and it's, it's kind of important to me, and I, I always like when people people listen to my jokes. I really appreciate that. I, I really do. Um, and I, I can actually remember the first joke I ever came up with. I don't, it's, uh, does anyone here, like, we're all telling jokes. Does anyone remember the first joke they came up with? The, the first joke I ever came up with went like this. Uh, what do you call a dog on fire? Uh, a hot dog, right? And I was and I was six when I came up with that. Like I was super proud of that. And I remember running to my mom and being like, "Mom, mom, I just I just came up with a a joke." And she's like, "Oh, what, dear?" And I said, uh, "What do you call a dog on fire?" And she said, "What?" And I said, "A hot dog." And she, <laughs> oh man, she got kind of like she got really serious and she leaned down to my level. Um, it's weird, man. It still sticks with you, you know the stuff you remember because she said. Uh, if only, um, if only your father were still alive to hear you tell that joke, he would have killed himself all over again. Because not only is that an unfunny premise, but in a post-Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor comedic landscape, comedy should have meaning and not be just meaningless fuff. And the only idea I can surmise from that joke is that you're supporting cruelty to animals. <laughs> You're a disappointment to me, and the wrong member of this family killed themselves. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> Yay, Ian Levy! Hey, you did six minutes and 50 seconds, but you still didn't do your Game of Thrones joke. We, I really need you to do that. You, you actually what, what I do. You? I want to hear it. Okay. Arjun okay. can leave the room. It's fine. Okay, you need okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, you can bounce. Okay. Okay, no, thanks. No, you can come back in after the joke. Yeah, I just yeah, want to well, hear the well, motherfucking joke. There, there, there's a bit of setup, so it's okay. okay. I feel it's 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 weird. Uh, the thing the things you care about are weird because in, in media, right, and stuff. Because uh, recently, um, have you guys been following the news with the uh, Egyptian plane that crashed, right? Mm -hmm. That's 66 people died in that plane crash, 66 people. And just if you kind of have an average, probably 10 people cared about one person on that flight you know so that's that ra averages out to what there, there's at least 6,000 people uh, that are, are bummed out you know it's a genuine tragedy uh, and I've been following the news I've been reading up on it and I don't give a shit like I just don't care I haven't I, I haven't been sad it hasn't affected me I haven't taken you know I, I literally heard that story and then took a shower and was like singing like raindrops keep falling on my you know in the showers I'm scrubbing <laughs> But then, then I watch Game of Thrones, 
and one fictional retard dies. <laughs> and I nearly cry. Like, what does that say about us? What does that say about us as a society? Anyways, that was the joke. But, but it, you know the thing that most makes me mad that I don't like that joke? As I try to be all PC in San Francisco, I could not make that joke any funnier without the word retard. No, like, no, no. The no, word I retard's tried. important. It's good. No, you can I, use I know. I, it, it's good, but it's annoying. Like, I tried to break it. I tried to be like, I'm mentally disabled, fictional, and it's just not as funny. No, it's got to so be So why retard. are some mean words just funny? <laughs> but, so was- I don't know if I'll ever tell it because I like being PC. You fucking better, especially at day after the episode. Everybody clap for you and love you. Yay. Anyways, thanks, guys. You fucking better tell that joke everywhere until the next episode. You've got a week. You've got a week till everybody forgets about Hodor. Hodor. I, no it's way, so, Pam. No one's going to forget about Hodor. It's so a good. A lot of people cried about that. Uh, well, it's uh, until next week mine, when the red woman kills somebody. The, no, the reason I won't is because I genuinely do have a strong thing about spoilers. Like I'm the, I, I literally, if, if I'm in a movie theater and a, a trailer comes on that I want to see, I'll close my eyes and plug my ears because like that's how. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about film stuff. So I don't know if I can ever tell that joke again for both the retard reason and for spoilers. Hold on. If people don't already know by today at six o'clock that Hodor, I didn't even know that he necessarily died. I just thought he was holding the door. I mean, it was hard. Yeah, no, you hear it. Like he's getting, he's, he he's gets getting like torn to bits. You see him get stabbed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, that was that was my set. The thanks for, thanks for listening back. to my well, stuff. As a as a man reclaiming a word for my people, I gotta say, like some words mean something. Like, re- why is retarded a, a curse word now when it's 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 a dictionary definition? I mean, we use it in plant work all the time. Like, you know, it's because you know it's in the shade that's retarded the growth. It's not you know like the whole idea that you can't say it because a retard. And if they can't take it, that's probably gonna give it more punch. Well, I say stick with it, like uh, you know, because people cared about Hordor. <laughs> also, I think you should uh, tie in that bottomless mimosa bit that, uh, uh, about the the uh, the women, like with the miscarriage, be like, oh, brunch. Well, they have bottomless mimosas over there because you can drink, right? You know, uh, uh, I think you should add that in somewhere. You could do a fun little act out after that and be like, bottomless mimosas. Yeah. I, I used to I used to expand that bit out more, and then I think it it alienated me too much, where it just made me like, like I don't know, it just never worked as much as I because I used to do a whole thing where I was like, you know, I don't know, just expand it where like, well, maybe you know, I don't know, I I, I won't go into the the whole failed bit of the act, but. If for some reason it doesn't work if I expand and I don't know if there's something I don't think I you need do. to expand. I just think that you need to do a tiny little act out at the end. Okay, like, okay. Bottomless mimosa! Yeah, embellish it. You don't even have to say, like, she can drink. Okay. You can just say bottomless mimosas after the brunch line and everybody knows. You, after you don't the brunch even have, line? Right. So the you're brunch like, line. The brunch. So it's the like, the, line. oh, brunch line, uh, punch line, brunch line. No, no, no. That once you say brunch, yeah, yeah. then you don't even have to say at least she can drink again. You can just go bottomless mimosas. Okay, and then no, it takes good. it no, off I of it being right. that she's an out, that she gets to drink. Everyone knows what that means. No, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but thanks. If you really wanted to, uh, really wanted to PC it, right? You could just say, well, a hodor instead of a fucking retard and just do an act out. It's just not as funny. It's not. I know it's not, but I'm saying you. Just stick with it. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. I I had a comment about one of your other jokes, but I can't think of it now because you you were just so funny. I got lost in the next joke, but I there was. If you could just do your bit again, I'll I'll stop you when you get to the. Yeah, yeah. Put another six minutes on the clock. All right, everybody, clap wildly. Ian Levy, yay! All right, thanks, guys.
All right. It was a it was a light joke workshop, but that makes me happy because it means I get to leave early too. Yay! Thank you guys all for being here. We'll see you next week or whenever. Uh, Friday is happy hour at six o'clock, and then um, Pamtastics themed is uh, schools out for summer with a bunch of ex teachers. So uh, see you guys later this week at Brainwash and the whatnot. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates.
The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Blue. 
Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Sucking on my titties like you wanted me. Calling me all the time like Bondi. Check out my Chrissy behind it. It's fine all over the time. What else is in the teachers of peaches? Like sex on the beaches. Uh, what? Huh?
on. Am I on? Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, it was turned off also earlier, so I had to turn it on, which I remember from last, last time. Week. So we know all the quirks of whoever fucks with the studio before we get here. Stab. Just, just stab. <laughs> just, just, stab. just let us handle it. <laughs> hey, we should put a new, new sound. We sure should. We are the sounds from the street people. Usually, when I listen to the podcast, it's pretty. The ones that I do choose to listen to are pretty, you know, straight. F- I mean, there's nothing technically. It sounds perfect to me. Ooh. <laughs> that could technically. Be, that could be technically. That could be because I'm listening to it myself. And you get turned <laughs> or t- on. Or to us, yeah. <laughs> but um, we haven't had an issue where we've had to upload it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's the one good thing. And I, I checked it yesterday. <sighs> Every podcast that we've done since September of 2014 is on one link, and then I have to find, I should find the other one that has, like, the really old ones. Oh, wow. From, like, back in the day. We should 2012 and shit. Oh, yes. got to find that one. one Party like it's 2012. <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. But, um... And party we did. <laughs> every night, man. Always out there was out on the prowl we've had some some good um some good times some bad times some mediocre times some meh times some meh <coughs> meh but anyways we're going to be having a guest later this evening i almost said afternoon because the sun is <sighs> still shining sun is shining strong uh, Shot in the Dark will be here, and they're local to the area, and they're going to do an acoustic performance for us, so that should be exciting. And let's see, a new story I had was uh, Prince, who, as everybody knows by now, he uh, was found in his elevator at Paisley Park last week, and um, just some new information has come out about what they're doing to move forward with his music and his um, his estate and um, the money that he has because um, technically he wasn't he wasn't married and he didn't have any um, I guess legal heirs if you want to put it in layman's terms so um, they found his musical vault <laughs> which was literally like behind a closed door so this should be an interesting story. The vault at Prince's Paisley Park home, thought to contain at least 100 albums worth of unreleased material, has been drilled open. The bank-style vault is said to have been a large room under the property containing shelves of Prince's music, so much that ABC reports that Prince's estate could put out an album a year for the coming century. One day, someone will release them. I don't know that I'll get to release them, Prince told the view of his vault back in 2012. There's just so many. The Bremer Trust have temporary authority over Prince's estate. He left no will, and it's not clear if or when the release of the music is likely to happen. Susan Rogers, Prince's former engineer, said in the report, we could put out more work in a month than most people could in a year or more. The cause of Prince's death on April 21st, meanwhile, is now the subject of a criminal investigation regarding 
a possible drug overdose. The development is the result of prescription drugs being found at the time of the musician's death. The Associated Press reports that an unnamed law enforcement official confirmed on Thursday that investigations were underway. The same individual also confirmed previous reports that Prince was found unconscious on a plane just a few days before his death. So that's kind of interesting. Um, no. I'm sure we'll be able to hear some of that music. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the future. And they've done that for other artists, too, I think. Uh, yeah, David Bowie is supposed to be releasing some uh, stuff mm-hmm. post, what do you call it, post-mortem? Yeah. Post-famously mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, posthumous. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. So, I guess <coughs> that's the way to do it if you want. I mean, I don't know if he meant for it to be released. Yeah. Prince, at least. He seemed, he was very, every everything in terms of how the music was released, he was very um, reserved about it. Or yeah. He seemed very conservative about how the music was getting out there. So. I heard this interview where this, you know, Wendy Williams, mm-hmm. she's talking about, because she was good friends with him, and she's talking to, you know, I saw the interview where she's talking about him, obviously. I didn't really watch the show, but I, I was kind of yeah. interested because she's kind of an interesting character to watch and hear her talk about certain personalities right and she was saying like every time that he would call you it wouldn't be him it would be one of his representatives or his assistants or whatever and they would always text you like he wants to see you tonight at certain time Mm -hmm. at certain place Mm -hmm. but it would never you would never you would just automatically know is prince he is prince and whenever they would contact you, you knew you had to be there. And she said that whenever she would uh, go to one of his after parties, which mm-hmm. is most of the most of the events he invited people to were after parties, after one of his shows, that he would tell her, like, tell everybody where to sit. Like, you sit here, you sit there, you know, like, everybody had an assigned seating. He was really particular about who was going to sit with who because he thought that it would just make better or, like, livelier conversation or a better time. And it was just kind of like, if he's like that about sitting arrangements, (laughs) imagine how he is with his music arrangement, you know? So it's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to, pile that up into an or how they're gonna pile all those songs songs into an album if they're not already in an album i guess right so but i also heard a lot of talk about his assistant or his producer um making music videos like full like fully paid for full you know um full uh what do you call it just like full-on music videos with like actors and stuff like that and like a like a full-on project yeah like a movie yeah a short movie or short film yeah and and then she's like thinking oh great you know we did this music video and it's gonna do really well and then he would just put it in the vault and he's like no i'm not gonna release it i just i'm gonna put it right here and like so i really can't wait to see those because apparently he's been doing that since 1984 so oh wow Interesting. So we'll see. I wonder or what he's he had the vault since 1984. Yeah, I wonder what he was saving it for. <laughs> Who knows? I don't think he even knows. Maybe he just wanted to have it. So he, he, w- he was very 
into his faith and I feel like he would always say like I'm just gonna leave it out to God this is all for God you know mm-hmm. because he's like uh, Jehovah oh, no. Jehovah's Witness and, <clears throat> and and one of the things Wendy was talking about was like no cursing she's like he hated when I curse and she he's like well, don't curse Wendy you're too pretty to curse like don't you don't need to be cursing all the time you know like why why would you want to curse you know <laughs> So he was very, like, and I don't think people really, like, paid attention to that part of him. I mean, obviously, they paid attention to all the sexy parts of him and, like, obviously his, his great talent, but never his, like, um, he, you know, he wanted to study the Bible. His religious like, His religious aspect, yeah. Because I think, in a way, he, he wasn't hiding it, but in a way, he didn't really want to, you know, I don't know. Like, he, he, I think he had both separately, yet he thought, he always thank to God for his talents. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. He's an interesting character. I or was. not know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, I do have Radiohead in the news. Uh-huh. It just came out today. Uh, 14 hours ago. <laughs> so, it's also here. Uh, out of Pitchfork. Radiohead fans received mysterious Burn the Witch leaflets. The band known... Know where you live, according to cards sent to the UK fans in the post. Oh my god, it's an actual leaflet. Um, Radiohead fans are on the lookout for signs of the band's forthcoming album following the announcement of a world tour and speculation around their registration of two new companies, Down Chorus LLP and Down Chorus L- uh, Limited. This morning, several UK fans received an eerie, mysterious update via post. Reports have emerged of leaflets reading, sign a song of sixpence that goes, burn the witch, we know where you live. With an embossed Radiohead logo, which is what I have tattooed on my left arm, uh, via Twitter and Reddit users who say they have previously made offers from the group, or I'm sorry, previously made orders from the group, Burn the Witch is the name of Radiohead's track thought to have originated around 2013. Three to 2005. Below you can hear two very brief snippets of the intro and check out the leaflets. Uh, Pitchfork has contacted the band's representatives for comment. You can read the 19 unreleased Radiohead songs that could be on their next album on the pitch. <clears throat> and then this is the leaflet they got. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically... Are they talking about me again? They're... <laughs> <laughs> I guess what they're trying to say is like they're always they're big on Big Brother like they're big on like conspiracies and stuff like that which Big Brother in London is not like a CCTV yeah it's not they've been doing that for a long time <clears throat> right so they're just saying like we know where you live like this is for you burn the witch you know <laughs> uh, they're trying to scare some of their fans I think it's awesome I, I wish I kind of you know, was there for, I would have gotten one of those in my mailbox, but, you know. I don't know if I've ordered anything through their website, though. I think I've tried ordering in Rainbow, not in Rainbows, uh, King of Limbs when it came out, and um, it was just, the site was down, because it was the first, it was the release date, and everything, everybody was trying to get mm-hmm. their hands on, um, because, you know, when they, f- they first release something, they're like, oh, there's special ones that have, like, signatures or, like, a stain or, you know, like, watermark. I don't know. And um, the website was just down, and I couldn't get through to no. buy my my little copy. But um, 
I did it was successful. I was successful with in rainbows because it was free. Uh, what year did that come out? 2007. Oh, okay. I think I remember that. Yeah, so that one was or choose your own price. Yeah, I remember when that came out. So obviously, I was still in high school, so my price was a zero. But uh, eventually, I did buy it at um, v- uh, Virgin mm-hmm. Records or re- records. Mm-hmm. Virgin. Virgin. Yeah, yeah, you were still around before they went out of business and became my Forever Twenty One. But I bought it up here when I was visiting at because they were going out of business when I was visiting, and I was oh, like, really? and I was like, oh yeah, this is where I'm gonna buy my shit. And I bought like back in the day. I think I bought Bjork's. Uh, best of and the Smiths, the best of the Smiths, and that that CD I burnt to the ground. And um, I also bought Sigurós, and I bought a bunch of Radiohead that I was missing. Oh, good times. Good times. Let's just say going back to San Diego on the airplane with all that shit. They, I got stopped <laughs> by security. Like, what you got in there? TSA. Yeah, they were really worried because of CD-ROMs, and they're like, "What? Who buys these anymore?" Oh, right, because I had literally. 2007 yeah. I literally just started using an iPod yeah I had not converted when it came out yeah. 2000 2001 yeah I was totally against it and then somebody gave theirs to me and I was like what whatever yeah <laughs> I like the portability 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 oh my god portability <laughs> mushrooms portability uh, of having the iPod I did I did like that because it's so tiny and you could put it in your pocket and that to me was attractive but I could just never afford one yeah they were pricey but now nobody gets a shit now it's just there now it's like your phone and I was so against the iPhone too I was like it's a phone a camera and an iPod all in one what if what? it breaks and I'm left with nothing you know what the hell yeah but what the fuck? alas, here we I, are. Yeah, here we are. Codependency. Less than ten years later. <laughs> exactly. That was part of his evil plan. Burn the witch. <laughs> <laughs> We're burning slowly, if you think about it. Oh Lord. <laughs> We're witches for every, sure. Every use. Yeah. Just get one step closer to death, people. That's what we do. That's what we do here at Mutiny Radio. In case you're just tuning in, <laughs> we bring you down. Um, so uh, Glastonbury, the Glastonbury Festival lineup was just announced. This is from TheEnemy.com. Glastonbury Festival has announced more acts for its sprawling 2016 lineup, which is being headlined by none other than Adele, Muse, and Coldplay. I would have never guessed those three. Um, after recently posting the acts for the Dance Village, Silver Haze, the festival has now shared who we can expect to see at the Common. The festival describes the Common, which is located in the southeast corner of the site, as an entire late-night world that embodies the true spirit of the festival. Ooh. Tribal temples and dark caves, incredible live music, ritualistic paint-throwing, tomato fights, a Celtic festival of the dead, and a jaw-dropping waterfall. That sounds where I want to be. Acts include a DJ set from the streets, Mike Skinner. I haven't heard of him in years. Poet Kate Tempest, sub-focus, and drum sound and bass line Smith. Yeah, I think they just posted this the other day. 
somebody else I know is playing this festival, but I mean, it's a pretty well-known festival, and they have some pretty uh, big names in attendance every year. So if you want to find out more, um, you can go to their official website, Glastonbury.com, and then as also the enemy always has lots of information about any upcoming festivals over there. Oh, the festival's other main headliners include Beck, Falls, LCD Sound System, Churches, James Blake, PJ Harvey, uh, ZZ Top, New Order, Disclosure, and Bring Me the Horizon, among many more. This will take place June 22nd through the 26th and is now completely sold out. So I guess it's kind of like their version of Coachella, I think, I'd say. Which festival is it Glass, Glastonbury. Well, for sure, yeah. yeah. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. I have Tom DeLonge in the news. If you didn't know, Tom DeLonge is from, was a former member of uh, Blink-182, which I kind of rekindled my love for in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have released some new shit like yesterday so <coughs> i haven't listened to it yet so i'm not gonna say anything uh <laughs> me neither you're is saying. tom DeLong for real about this ufo stuff motherboard investigates it's not oh my god how long is this it's not that long okay <coughs> um that's my place. It's not every motherboard interviews a rock star, but it's also not every day a rock star releases a 700-page opus about aliens and UFOs and deep government conspiracy going back to the 1940s. Tom DeLong, the former guitarist and co-lead singer of Blink-182, has a new act. It's called Secret Machines, and it's a massive project that includes books, films, music about UFO phenomena. The first installment, a novel called Chasing Shadows, co-written with author A.G. Hartley, A.J. Hartley, came out in on 9, April 5th. It's a rockling page turner about a skeptical journalist who runs a UFO debunking website, a Holocaust survivor, and a Harris whose father's mis- whose father mysteriously dies, and a marine pilot who gets uh, read recruited in a secret government technology project at Area 51. Somehow, their stories all intersect. Um, but the book is in pure fiction. DeLong says it's based on real events and sourced from DeLong's own research. For as long as I can remember, I have sought answers, he wrote in the foreword. Uh, the rock star has an R- a circle of 10 advisors helping him on this stuff, he says, and one of them is a high-level member of the Pentagon. Wow. (laughs) This Department of Defense advisor gave DeLong a go-ahead to take the story, the real story, to the masses on the condition that he introduced it bit by bit through fiction and nonfiction. DeLong has long been dipping in and out of the UFO conspiracy theory community. In 2011, he launched a website called Strange Times, which fizzled and has appeared multiple times on the cult hip paranormal talk show Coast to Coast. Oh, I've heard of that. We talked to DeLong about his beliefs, his project, and how Chasing Shadows came into his existence. We also do dive into the weird and wonderful world of conspiracy theorists in the longest radio motherboard episode to date. Featuring Tom DeLong, motherboard editor and chief direct Mead, senior supervising come back producer uh, Chris O'Coin, managing editor Adrian Jeffries, and reporter Quiet. Jason Kovler <laughs> and uh, paranormal investigator, dark journalist. 
That's Big Brother telling you what to do through your fucking iPhone. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracies. <laughs> For real. That's interesting, though. I didn't know that he completely just went off the... So what it radar. seems like is he's he's not only... it's I mean... It's not really out of the radar because he is releasing, he's releasing a novel and he's releasing a movie. Okay. I mean, he went off the deep end. Somehow. Yeah. That's right. Well, he's always believed in UFOs and there's a bunch of Lincoln 82 songs, mm-hmm. re- you know, Touching that. on that subject. Yeah. So, but it's just kind of like now he's like a little more serious where he actually has people who are like quote-unquote credible on in the area mm-hmm. with the government conspiracies and pentagon and area 51 and all that but i mean i mean it sells i'm not gonna lie i i would probably read it because to me that's interesting i mean i don't specific i don't believe it per se but i think it's an interesting thing to read because conspiracies even if you're like now they're interesting to read. It's an interesting read. It's kind of like reading 1984, you know. That was a good book. Yeah. I enjoyed reading it. I yeah. should read it again. That's I have um, it if you want to borrow it. I think I have it, too. Okay. And Animal Farm, too. I read that one. Oh, I need to read that one. Yeah, that's interesting. That one's... I mean, 1984 is pretty relevant, but I feel like Animal Farm, I'm starting to, like... I mean, I can see it, like, yeah, in happening. our day-to-day lives, you yeah. know. But, um... I mean, and he wrote those books back after World War II, I think, right? Yeah. In the late 40s, early mm-hmm. 50s. And it's just interesting um, seeing how it how it plays out um, even decades later, you know? Yeah. How things are, are still relevant. But yeah, I, I mean, I believe in some of that stuff, too. I mean, some of it's kind of far-fetched and kind of outlandish but then i think you know i know that ghosts exist so there's got to be other life forms out there right maybe they're all ghosts <laughs> just space ghosts they're all like oh, i love that cartoon <laughs> it inspired cartoon. me yeah space ghost coast to coast remember no i never seen that it was on cart there he is right there um is my voice coming through by the yeah. way okay i just thought i was like maybe i'm hallucinating i'm just talking into the microphone and nothing's coming out no, but it was a cartoon it either came out i think it came out like in the 90s it was on cartoon network and he was like he dressed like a superhero with a mask and he would interview famous people you never saw it I never saw it, but I think I've seen like yeah. It's probably on on YouTube. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, he would ask just like kind of outlandish questions. I can't think of one in particular, but I think he interviewed Jim Carrey at one point when it was like the height of his career. But it's weird. Yeah, I think it was around that time. And he was, I mean, it's Jim. It's Jim Carrey. He's talking to Jim Carrey, but he's a cartoon. It was like kind of a weird thing to see back then. But now it's probably it's not that big of a deal. It's been done. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Wow, I need to check that out. Yeah, space space ghost, coast to coast. That's what he called himself. That's catchy. He's just an uh, egotist, just like the rest of us. Makes sense. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a story to tell. You gotta tell. have your ego. You gotta have it somehow in your arsenal. Keep it going. How come there's all kinds of weird shit in here? Look at the microphone. Look at that. 
what happens here after hours they we love to know. turn off the second microphone because whoever was sitting in this chair doesn't deserve to have a voice they're just like chewing on the <laughs> or like the microphone cover just like hitting their face against the microphone the foam. yeah but actually it's every time i try and use it it's always like just just get rid of it i don't want a second microphone I only need one. Because they're loaders. They're probably here with themselves. And they're like, aw, screw this. And then those mics are like, just, I don't need to look at them. I don't need to leave them the way they are. I need to physically move them to the other side of the table so I don't have to even think about other people being in the studio with me. Yeah. It's like this weird, like, psychological shift that happens. They don't want to be reminded of how lonely they are. <laughs> <laughs> Things can get... I can say this from experience, and maybe you can too, but it gets kind of lonely in here if it's just one person. It does. But it was kind of fun when I used to do it, and there was the cafe because then people would come in and kind of... there was Interact that, with you a little e- bit. Exactly. There was, there was that whole vibe. But um, nowadays, it's kind of a weird dynamic there hasn't been a lot of things happening at eight o'clock recently i mean um rentals no there hasn't i think a lot of the stuff goes down now at fridays on on fridays she's been doing a lot of stuff on fridays and then um she does she does a lot of appearances at different comedy places around san francisco so good for her good for you pam yeah yay pam (laughs) she's an amazing lady And, um, you know, the station's still kind of floating along. (laughs) 